This is Dyes and X, the podcast, episode 155, for the week of December 14th, 2008. Welcome to Dyes and X, the podcast, an extension of the all-encompassing Dragon Ball Pen site. Dyes and X, we cover anything and everything Dragon Ball. And hopes of enlightening. And a little bit of entertaining. Hey, we did it right. We didn't mess up. Yeah, as opposed words. to last week. Good job. Mary, you join us once again. Uh-huh. Hey. I be here. Hey there. You're here. I'm going to introduce myself because right now that's all there is. Yeah, you said my name, so I'll introduce you. How about? Uh, how about? Okay, you're Mike, also uh, known on the interwebs as Vegeta EX. This is all true. And this is our show. Missing is one Julian. That's true. And uh, later on, we will have the Jeff. That's true. We have a split show this week, and it's actually going up a little late. We'll give a brief recap of how and why this all came to be. But we're here. We have an episode. We got a manga review of awesomeness. This is a Dragon Ball podcast, by the way, in case you couldn't tell. We're going to talk about Otherwise, I don't know why you'd be downloading this. I don't know. Maybe you just like the word Daizenshu. Or you're looking for a Street Fighter EX podcast, and you came across Daizenshu EX, and maybe you're like, this is an all-encompassing podcast about the Street Fighter EX series. Maybe not. (laughs) You know, Doctrine Dark was awesome. See, Tara agrees. Skullomania. <laughs> Skullomania. Uh, Mary, we have manga to talk about. We have news. We have a trailer. There's all sorts of shenanigans going on. You mentioned the trailer. We're doomed. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Let's I, hurry up before I haven't before edited the second himself. half of the show yet, so we want to make sure we don't ruin this. Uh, yeah, that's it. So Jeff is going to join us halfway through the show to do the manga stuff. We'll give you a rundown of all the things that are going on as we get to it. But Mary, let us uh, skip over general stuff to explain why the show is late. Okay. And that's because of a wedding. Yes, we had a wedding over... I'm not complaining, by the way. No, of course not. Please. I put a (laughs) wedding over silly internet stuff any day of the week. yeah. Yeah, we had a wedding uh, for very good friends of ours over in Chicago, and we would have been home at a decent time on Sunday oh, to finish we had up full the show. To finish. However, we had um, half day delays at airports and all sorts of shenanigans. We were originally planning to get home at like five ish, and we didn't get home till midnight. So yeah, that kind of sucked. So right. sorry for the delay, but surely you understand. Damn right you do. It's the holiday season. There's all sorts of uh, forgiving and forgetting to go on here. Mostly forgetting. <laughs> So, Mary, that's basically the stuff. We have so many things to talk about. I want to jump right into it. So, unless you have any objections... No, I do not. Let us move right on into the news. We are traveling all around the world with our news. I love that we can cover stuff all over the world because it proves so well how much of a global phenomenon Dragon Ball is. So let us start out over in Spain. Son Goku GT pointed this out for us over on the forum. Mary, we've been talking about the Spanish DVDs that have been coming out over there. Uh, like Dragon Box-ish footage and you know nice touch-ups and lots of languages and those kind of things. They're actually putting out box set collections of those singles and they're oh. getting some subtitles touch-ups along the way so any little grammatical things and slight tweaks on the translation so that's pretty good that's very nice yeah the first set um actually came out on october 22nd that's already out that's episodes one through 40 or volumes one through five of la saga de los Saiyans. and then the second set just came out on december 10th and that's episodes 41 through 80 
or volume 6 to 10 of La Saga de Feliza. So there you go with that. We'll uh, try to keep up with these box sets as well when we talk about the individual releases. Although the individuals of GT just ended, and they're well into the Boo Saga now, so basically we'll be coming to just box sets over there. So that's very interesting. Mary, I'm going to take it over to you. You're going to read a little bit of Dutch news here. All right, this Dutch news comes from Dutch <laughs> comes from Dutch. Comes. We, we got an email here. I so, mean the Netherlands. So why don't Let's you assume. Read this? Here's Michael from the Netherlands again. I've got some news about the re-release of the Dutch version of Dragon Ball manga. And I quote, so I guess this comes from Michael. Anyway, he says uh, in January 2009, manga publisher Glenant, 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 I, I really don't know, but I know that that is a company. Will release a 34 volume edition of Akira Toriyama's popular Dragon Ball manga. It will be be the definitive Kanzen Bon release, which was also released in Japan, with colored pages and tribute illustrations of other manga artists. For this release, Toriyama drew a new four-page ending of the manga. Glenant, Glenant, publisher, will retranslate <laughs> the manga as a finishing touch. An exact date of the release of the Dutch Kanzen Bonds is unfortunately still unknown. I think this is great news, since the first Dutch publication, which started in March 2001 and ended in March this year, releasing 85 small pockets, which I guess is the regular size volumes. Yeah, well, well I think they actually, smaller. they split the 42, well, I should say they split all of the 42 themselves into half, basically, is I think how it came out over there, more or less. But anyways, continue. Uh, by clicking on the following link, you can see the covers of all 85 volumes of the first release, and there's a link provided. Yep, so I'll do that. So that's really cool that uh, they're getting the Kanzenban style release over there in the Dutchland. So good on them. Hopefully, maybe we'll see something like that. I mean, we got the Viz Big that's kind of... Uh, that's a whole nother discussion. We'll have to talk about that in the future. So let us jump back over here to the U.S. Our good buddy Corey posted up a link to this. This was hilarious. Oh, God. Were we making fun of this, like speculating about this in some previous episode? Oh, yeah, definitely. Because we were mentioning how Funimation was uh, messing around with continuity a little bit for their uh, double feature releases. We have one, two, three, four, five, six. And then the announced next one was going to be seven and nine, skipping eight, with eight being the first of three Broly movies. So then we're thinking, all right, are they going to do a Broly double feature, maybe a triple feature. So first, let's get this out of the way. And Mary, I click over here, and this is indeed the cover art for a Broly triple feature. And I don't know that you can see it. We're, we're assuming this is just a placeholder image, because in the background is um, the Bardock special and Trunks TV special. I, okay, what? <laughs> With the big uh, legendary Super Saiyajin Broly in the foreground there, yeah. So this is a uh, pretty good proof. Uh, the image itself came from Walmart sites of all places. Kind of strange. But uh, yes, this will be coming out next year. It's set for a March 31st release. I have to imagine that cover art will adjust to not show. I hope so. Otherwise, that's quite the gaff right there. <laughs> it is. So look to that. And then that basically leaves 12 and 13. So there'll probably be a 12 and 13 double feature release. Maybe uh, late spring, early summer, something like that. So there you go. We do have to point this out, though that there was an, an initial, an original, a test route. I did it again. I wanted to say Broly Blu-ray. It's really tough to do. Funimation actually put out a Blu-ray back in November 2007 with movies 8 and 10 on. That was our first high-def release. A lot of people saw this as like a test to see how the market would accept and adapt to Dragon Ball in high definition. That release did not contain an audio track. 
with the English cast and the original Japanese music, which is something these double features have been doing a la the Z TV season sets. So there's a little clarification for you. Look forward to that if you haven't bought them before. Wait, Mary, the Blu-ray discs had no Japanese on it? No, it had the Japanese track and it had the dub track. It didn't have that third track that they've been doing, oh, which okay, is the okay. dub with the Japanese music. Gotcha. Yes. With that out of the way, we're going to go over to Japan for a little bit. And especially, I'm thinking all sorts of people here. It's wonderful. I love communities. We're going to thank um, Chinlun Lao, I think is how you would pronounce it, for the heads up on this. Bandai is re-releasing the original run of the Dragon Ball Kadasa series over there. Like, the entire oh, man. everything. I kind of am interested in that. I'm a sucker for, like, trading cards. <laughs> Are you really? Kind of, sort of, yeah. You should check this out. We have a, a forum thread going on it, and people have been breaking down what it is. Because this is something that we definitely remember from our days. It was really big. Uh, so Bondi is re-releasing it in what I think is two sets. The first box is going to be 10,500 yen. So you're talking like 100 bucks here for this first box set. And I love the breakdown they have for it. They have this, it's like a, a Bondi press sheet for it, describing what it is, pictures. And what I love is that they note who they're marketing it towards. And they specifically say they are marketing this re-release towards men, guys, in their 20s. How about girls in their 20s? <laughs> From America. <laughs> in case you couldn't tell like them, cards. they're marketing this towards the fanboys that grew up with it. So basically, uh, it's really strange. I actually would imagine they'd aim a little older than in their 20s because we're in our 20s and we got it, you know, like 10 years after the Japanese got it. Anyways, I find that really interesting that they're releasing this card series once again over there. I'm psyched that you're interested in this. I mean, this is going to be a box set That's going to be one of those things when, yeah, there's more disposable income. I might consider this. It might be one of those silly purchases that, you know, if you wanted it, I'd be chiding you for. I'm like, <laughs> let me let me have this one. Oh, like, well, okay, well, I'll have my one weird, like, Dragon Ball fetish product thing. Wow. Okay. <laughs> that's not the right phrase. No, it? it's not, but that's okay. <laughs> it's cute. Uh, okay, we'll move on. Yeah, please. All right, we'll stick in Japan for a little bit. Old fan uh, gave us a heads up on this. Lots of new Ben Presto items for 2009. Mary, I know I showed you this first one here. It is Kami Senin, except it's it, so gross. It's a tissue holder, and the tissues come out of his nose. <laughs> Who designed this? I don't know, but I think it's genius. You gotta be a real fucking creep to like have that in your house. <laughs> I want it. And yeah, okay. I don't know that I would put it out, but I think it'd be really funny to have. Like, certain company would come over, and this is the kind of thing you would just slide out to see. Who would walk out of the bathroom with a blank stare on their face? You know what I mean? Well, now that you've said it on the show, it kind of ruins any surprise. Yeah, but not all of our friends listen to no. the show. I think it'd be hilarious. Anyways, I'll point you over to the forum thread over here. And uh, also, DragonBallToys.com has some stuff there that uh, old fan has put up. So, uh, good there. Oh, crap. Mary, we have one thing I need to insert here. One little bit of news before we get to the the last news slash mini discussion. Last late-breaking news. There has been a new video game announced for next and year. And I can't believe this is happening. <laughs> like, this is kind of something I was dreading. And it's like, oh, they don't, people should learn their lessons from past history, but... This is showing up everywhere. The exact correlation is indeed Street Fighter the movie, the game. So, if you don't know what we're alluding to, it's, yes, Jump Out of Japan has confirmed that there will be a Dragon Ball the movie game for the PSP. Boo! We don't really know anything other than that Namka Bandai is doing it, and it's coming out in March. Oh, that's 
you know, correlation to the movie. Absolutely. It, it comes out there March in Japan. I think that's how it's going. March, Japan, and then we get it a month later, the movie that is. Oh, we should definitely rent it and review it. There's no way we're buying that, so. What, like, the PSP game? Yeah. Rent it from Japan? Oh, it's not coming out here? No, well, this is news about a Japanese release for okay. it. Okay. Yeah. I imagine it'll come out here because, you know, oh, it's I'm an sure. American movie, not a Japanese and movie. And Atari Infograms would love to put out another Dragon Ball game. Since of course. They can't make no matter how shitty. That's right. So that's that. So, Mary, now that last bit of news. Uh, I think we basically have one last bit of news to talk about. Saving the best for last. If, if that's how you want to say it, Vanessa Williams. Anyways, this is kind of like a mini topical discussion, but it's also news and it's really important. We should talk about well, it. Let's have at it. Let us have at it. You have no dignity. This trailer has no dignity. <laughs> we are talking about the actual real trailer for the live action Dragon Ball movie now being titled Dragon Ball Evolution. The way this transpired was there was initially some footage of the trailer from Japanese television and then later on, it might have even been that same night, I don't know, the full-length trailer from Japan. I mean, it was all spoken in English, just like the trailer that you've all seen, except it had Japanese subtitles. And then I think the next day or later that day, it was really weird. It was all within the span of this really short day. Uh, the full quality actual trailer, IGN premiered it and they had an HD stream of it as well, and it's been making the rounds on YouTube and all the video and gaming and anime sites. So it's actually out. And the reason we want to talk about this now, I mean, we try to cover the really big important things about the live action movie, things like a changed release day or really important casting things. I think I've explained this on the site and on the forum a little bit. We did this initially before there are all these other sites you could look to, like every time someone updated a blog, like Emmy Rossum updated her blog saying what she ate for lunch on the set that day. I mean, that that's, yes, it's Dragon Ball related, but it's not terribly important. So we want to cover the really important things because it's Dragon Ball. So this is really important. It's the actual trailer. This is something very concrete and official. And Mary. Mike. I actually want to start it off with the fact that we showed this to your mother. And sister. And sister. And would you please repeat for me what your mother said after watching, well, actually in, in the, the middle, middle of watching this trailer. She first didn't believe that it was real. And then when the the 20th Century Fox logo came up, she was like, oh my God, like this is real. And then she was saying how this is a Dragon Ball that got everything wrong. I believe her exact words. What? If you care to argue about this was, they're ruining everything. Yes. <laughs> and, you know, she's not a hardcore fan, but she knows enough about the show to know that that looks very different. So what I would it was actually, a very neat perspective. What I would like to do is talk about other people's perspectives because, you know, we just went out to this wedding and everyone knows that we do this Dragon Ball show and all that stuff. So people said, oh, we saw the Dragon Ball trailer and we actually watched it with a couple other people. So first I want to get out there what some of these other people had to say about it. Some of them are Dragon Dragon Ball fans, some of them can't care any less and just happen to watch it and what they thought about it. I think it's really telling because these are just regular people that may or may not go to see the movie. And the general overwhelming consensus is, Mary? A lame action movie that looks like it has pretty lousy production values. 
and it just looks like a terrible movie. Yeah. Yeah. People are really, I don't, they're not upset. They're not angry. They're not it's indifferent. They're just completely indifferent. And like, yeah, I'm really not going to go see this. You know? Oh, and the other main comment was, why is Goku white? You know, let's actually talk about that. I find this really interesting. I don't have a problem with it. But then it's like, well, would you expect Goku to be Asian? Right. It's because Dragon Ball is Japanese. Should everyone be Asian? I really don't have a problem with casting anyone. I don't care what race gender even you cast Goku as he, he could be anyone because Dragon Ball may come from Japan we've talked about this but it's not very inherently Japanese in a lot of its things like there's other than Murasaki there's not really ninjas and all that kind of stuff so that's what people are saying that's the word on the street is that this looks really stupid and people are kind of laughing at it they're not laughing with it they're laughing at it so why don't we turn it over Mary to you and I you and I have talked a bit about it But I don't think we've, like, hardcore gotten to debate about this. So I'm kind of interested. Mary, I know you are, like, a no-filter Mary when I get a microphone in front of you. Yes. You say whatever the fuck you want to say. So please, let people have it. What do you think about... I mean, you're going to go see it. You don't have a choice. It's always a choice. I can choose not to get into a car. (laughs) It's very true. (laughs) Or a train. But, Mary, what do you think from everything that you've seen so far. This doesn't look like Dragon Ball to me. I guess disappointment, but I don't know what I was expecting. I had no expectations to begin with, but mostly I I just don't care because this doesn't look anything like Dragon Ball. I don't watch the trailer. I don't feel any ounce of excitement. I don't feel anything even when he says Kamehameha. I'm like, yeah, whatever. Like, I just don't get that feeling, warm, fuzzy feeling I get when I watch anything Dragon Ball related. And this is just like, yeah, this is just some cheap American knockoff to try and cash in on a name. This is really interesting to me because... Before Dragon Ball, you had X-Men. And that's another big thing that came over here. Well, not came over here, but came with big American live-action movie adaptations. How did you feel with X-Men and how that all transpired? Did you get those warm fuzzies seeing the characters? Yeah, I did, because I uh, I love X-Men more than I love anime, which okay. is kind of ironic because I spend far more time doing anime stuff. I, doing yeah. anime stuff. Like, I don't read any X-Men comics anymore but because X-Men was the first nerdy thing I ever got into. Right. It still very much excites me no matter what property it is. So I'm a little more lenient on X-Men stuff than I am anime adaptations, I okay. guess. Do you think if Dragon Ball came first for you, you would have a, a if I was swapped feeling? If I was 13 years younger, I might be more excited. Okay. It's an age thing. Maybe that's also why you feel a little bit more... It's also too late. Like, oh, yeah. Who, who the fuck cares about a Dragon Ball movie in 2009? Like, yeah. I don't care. I mean, yeah, Dragon Ball is still my favorite anime. I'll see it because I have to. But <laughs> if I had a choice, I don't know if I would actually. You actually don't know if you would go see it in theaters. I don't know. I mean, I don't have the mindset of, oh my god, this is going to destroy the franchise because it's not. I mean, it's just so far We've removed. We've lived through Funimation. <laughs> yeah, it's so far removed from what Dragon Ball is that, no, it's not going to destroy any perception of what Dragon Ball is in reality. Is so to you. Yeah. Right. I just don't want to spend the money or the time on it, so... <laughs> and I don't think it'll give me any entertainment value. Okay. You actually don't think you... I, I get nothing out of it as a viewer. I don't think I'll get... The only thing I'll get out of it is if I drink enough and we're with a big enough group of people, <laughs> then it'll be funny. Okay. Um, I'm actually very, very conflicted about how I feel. Unlike how you maybe feel, I really, 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 really want to enjoy this movie but I don't think I will because I feel very similar things that you do where I look at this and I say that's not Dragon Ball I don't feel like the warm fuzzies that you were talking about anytime th- there's like a Japanese commercial or anything I see Goku with like the two hands and he does a little flip with the us kind of thing like I don't get any of those feelings I think it's because this. the movie just doesn't get 
it. Like, they don't get what Dragon Ball, like, is. They just see it for the action stuff. I don't see any ounce of humor. I mean, great that the trailer is like a short, you know, right, snippet. Right. It's just going to go after. To be fair, and I've seen a lot of these kind of things. Oh, it is Dragon Ball because there's an evil demon lord and Goku is young and he's going to fight him. And there's all these exact elements that perfectly are Dragon Ball. And I can't there's dispute There's more that. to it than that. There and is? I think they're missing it. Okay. It's not miss. It doesn't have that charm. Okay. That makes Dragon Ball so special. Could it be there after you see it? But- it could be. I mean, like I said, it's just a trailer. So maybe right. they're hiding that. To, you know, have the trailer marketed towards like you know the lowest common denominator. Like, yeah, oh, cool all- action and martial arts and chicks right. and whatever. Let's actually compare this to a movie. I guess you could say they have the same origin. And what was the name of the movie? It was the the Forbidden Kingdom. Was that the one that we saw? The one I dragged you to? Yeah, I hated that. Right. I think that's also another reason why I probably don't want to see this movie more. Uh, you know, than I should is probably because we went to go see The Forbidden Kingdom and it was batshit terrible. And I was like, oh, great. Well, if this loosely, you know, based upon, you know, the Journey to the West movie sucks so hard, Dragon Ball is going to be, you know, scraping the bottom of the toilet, you know, bad. Right. That movie was white boy thrown into Asia. I got the hot Asian girl that I'm going after. It's a pre-Dragon Ball. Yeah. So I'm getting the same kind of vibe. Even ignoring that this was a Dragon Ball movie, I do have to say it looks like a totally generic cross between sci-fi fantasy action movie that just does not set itself apart from any other movie out there. It doesn't have, Mary, you said charm. I, I think that's a great word to describe it. Is it kind of mirroring the way that Funimation was trying to market the series with the hardcore and then we got the GT with the rap? See, with- that doesn't matter to me because I'll just watch it in Japanese. The product's right. still a product that I can ignore. That, you know, is accessible to me. Uh-huh. I can just ignore that other stuff. Whereas with this movie, I don't have a choice. You know, what they put out there is what it is. And I don't get to make a choice when I get to the movie theater to flip on the make it more authentic, you know, kind of thing. You've actually turned this on me a few times. Is it because you're just missing your precious original Japanese version? No, because I know it's not an option here. Like, okay. it's just a purely made American thing. And I don't think any movie version would ever be any good. <laughs> We've seen one. Yeah. <laughs> it's just not something that translates well to live action. I think that's what it all boils down to. Like, there's no way to make it good. It's just completely undoable to turn yeah. it into a movie, especially for a story that's so long. Okay. I can see it working. I, I don't think this is the right combination of actors and or director and or I, I don't know. If anyone was going to do it, it would have to be American made because we're the ones that pump the millions upon millions of dollars, which it would probably need anyways to make it halfway watchable. But... Charm totally lost on us. I don't know what else to say about it. Like I said, I really, really want... I, I want to enjoy it so much. Why would you want to? I don't understand it. Why would you want to enjoy it? I'm not saying I want to enjoy the movie that comes out. I guess what I'm saying is I really wish that there was this kind of great new entity of Dragon Ball, whether it's American made or otherwise, that would give me those same kind of feelings. And this isn't going to be it. And I don't want to hold false hope and assume that it is, but I also don't want to completely write it off because that's not fair. I don't... I'm so conflicted. I'm so confused. I guess we just have to wait until March or April. Yeah, I think whenever it's too it early to here. speculate on a minute and change trailer. Yeah, it, it absolutely is. But it is the trailer so far right now. And it's that important that we should probably mention it. So there, I don't think our opinion is going to change no matter what comes out. We're still going to say it's a steaming pile of shit and it doesn't look very good. Right. Like, they could put out a poster and be like, okay, that looks shitty. It could be like a quick teaser or a TV commercial. Everything's still going to look shitty. Everything that we've seen so far looks terrible. Terrible is what you're saying. Yeah, and it's not going to get any better. 
years, it'll get your hopes up. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm not getting my hopes up. I'm saying there's a piece of me in the back of my head, not holding out hope, but just wishes there was something that I could enjoy like this. And I'm pretty sure this isn't going to be it. I won't write it off, but I'm not expecting a whole lot. And unless you have anything else to add, I think that more or less sums up other people's opinions that we've talked to and how we feel about it so far. And so at the risk of losing the podcast that we've recorded, I guess that's more or less it. Stop while you're ahead. All right. So Mary, that was our news and a little newsy discussion. Yeah. It's like a mini topic, like you said. That's right. And speaking of topics. Time to get to it. Let us do the main one. Mary, we are here today, and we will be joined shortly by Jeff, at least, to discuss Volume 22 of the manga, and uh, I actually have all the numbers broken down. I was prepared this time. So, this is Volume 22 of the original Tanko Bone release. This corresponds to the end of 17 and halfway through 18 of the Kanzen Bon release. This is Viz DBZ number six from the graphic novel release. And if you're going by the recent Viz Big releases, this would be Viz Big DBZ volume two, because that would be four, five, six. Talk yes. with your hand a lot. I'm, I'm pointing them out in my head. Why you sure nothing? I dot my I's and cross my T's. And well, I cross my T's and dot. No, I mean. No, that's correct. No, so, I meant to say I cross my I's and dot my T's. <laughs> All right, whatever. So that's how we're going to break this down. Mary, we're going to do something very different this episode. And part of it is because of the 12 hours we spent trying to get home Time yesterday. Time constraints. Yay! <laughs> An experimenting. But it is a worthwhile experiment, I think. We are going to forego. We are going to skip over what we usually do and have done for 21 volumes of the Manga Review of Awesomeness, where we go chapter by chapter and briefly go through every single little thing. Well, not every single little thing, but everything that happens and then talk about it. What we're going to do is just immediately jump into the discussion and analysis of the volume. It is really, really important that you all let us know how you feel about this. Do you prefer to jump right into the analysis or do you think you prefer having the full context ahead of time before we get into the analysis? Mary, do you have any preference so far? Or do you think um, you want to see how it goes? I want to see how it goes. I think this was a good episode to experiment with because our summary at the end with Jeff was very in-depth and I think it almost sums up the volume. I think it also might depend on what volume it is. So I think very it might be very true. contextual depending on what issue we're up to. So I would prefer without okay. because I feel like our describing the volume is not telling any, anything that people don't already know. Okay. I'm totally open. I'm neither for nor against doing it. I'm really, really interested to hear what you all have to say about it. We're going to talk about emails later, but Mary, the first thing people need to do after listening to this episode is either respond in the forum thread that we have. We have a thread for every single episode or shoot us an email. They will send that to podcast at diezx.com. That's P-O-D-C-A-S-T at D-A-I-Z-E-X.com. Yes, let us know what your preference is and don't feel bad about what your preference is because we don't care one way or the other. Yes, We're, we want to know. Yeah, we want to know. We want to improve the you. show. Absolutely. A more efficient, a more lean show. <laughs> Well-oiled machine. Drop 11 or 12 chapters of weight along the way. <laughs> Down with that. <laughs> <laughs> so with that done, we've actually recorded the entire rest of the show. Jeff was here four or five days ago that we managed to do this. So Jeff is going to join us. Here is the rest of the show. We got the topic. We got releases. We got emails, that kind of stuff. So Mary. Yes. Here's the rest of the show. And so Jeff has joined us. Hello. Why, hi there. It's uh, good of you to show up. Why, thank you. You're here to do manga stuff. Is it? Oh, it's that time again. It is that time. It's You've, like uh, It's that time of the month. month. 
It's the time when Jeff shows up, as I like to say. And he braved the weather to get here? Or oh. is it not doing weather anymore? Oh, trust me. It's doing weather right now. <laughs> okay. It's doing weather. Some hardcore weather be occurring here. Now, Jeff, you skipped all of the hard work, and you've come to do just the uh, the analysis and that kind of fun stuff. Yes, that's correct. It's wonderful when you just can just show up somewhere and record stuff and not have to worry about it. Hmm, yes. Well, I, I think I know someone here who <laughs> happens to have just started that experience and you're taking advantage of it again that's wonderful it's like freelancing no problem it's total freelance podcasting dude nice well jeff yes let's analyze analysis eyes analysis size analysis size that's the new word for the show Ooh. so we're actually recording this first before the recap so i'm kind of skimming through looking down the nodes trying to remember what happened so i I guess i'll just go to you first jeff we had a, a volume that i saw is different from the last volume despite it being a very direct continuation of what happened there's a lot more one-on-one confrontations introductions to a bunch of new named characters at least now and uh, some pretty heavy violence here and there so where would you like to start i'll i'll I would like to start with just a general overview as to what I thought of it. All right, that's great. Because would you believe that this volume kicks ass? Really? Yeah. Now, if I remember correctly, both you and Mary were, and I think myself as well, were a little down on the last volume. Yeah, Mm -hmm. it's one of those growing pains issues, but this I don't think is, you know, a continuation of that. I think it's finally learning its place in the general continuity of things. It's like, okay, we're on another planet. There's aliens. Yep. Get used to it. And there's less names to remember because, well, some of them died. So I guess it really (laughs) helps, you know. I remember you were saying something about you're not really sure who to get attached to because they might die. And Toriyama will probably let you know if you need to be attached to them. Yeah, exactly. Remember the Namekians that that suddenly show up at the end of the last volume? Yes. It turns out they didn't really stay that long. (laughs) That's right. And it's like, you know, at the end of that last volume, it just seemed like, oh, great, here's another set of characters. Now I got to get used to them. It's just like, you know, it was just it was another group of people that just showed up. And um, in this one, it it was like the easing period where, you know, the characters started dropping off. And so you had less to remember. And uh, one general awesome mention is that a pool shows up and he's yeah. named. I was not aware that he was actually named in the manga itself. I was quite shocked. Yeah, right. I mean, like that was awesome. So, Jeff, there are a lot of new characters, some of them named, some of them dead. Uh, where do you want to go from here? Do you want to just take it kind of through and what you thought about the overall stories? You said you liked it. So what about it did you like? I think, um, I, Mary capped it off per- uh, perfectly when she said that, you know, the last volume was like the intro. This is us finally settling in. And so being settled in and not dealing with the power levels as much as last time, uh, thanks in part to those scouters being destroyed, thank yeah, God. Yeah. I actually forgot about that. Yeah. There's a lot of stuff that, you know, even though I've seen the anime time and time again, but it was years ago, it's kind of fun going back to the manga, and it's like, oh, all these little details, like the scouters being destroyed, it's really neat, because it kind of does play a pivotal role in this particular volume. Yes, definitely. Yeah, and so it certainly helps get you into the story a lot more, because you don't have to uh, pay attention to the stuff that really irks you, you know? So the, if anything, it really progressed in, in the story, I think. It had a lot more to do with, uh, you know, who's going to fight who. And, and um, you now there's this uh, this kid. Uh, what was his name again? It was uh, Dende? Dende, that's Dende. correct. Yeah, so, you know, saving the kid. There's there's now, like, this huge responsibility of, of the main characters. Uh-huh. 
And uh, they finally got a part in it. They weren't just looking from the side, you know, so even they had a moment to, you know, like have a spot in the story. And so it, it sort of brought everything back to what we recognize from the original story, you know, like having the main characters in there, having them do something. And now they have this huge responsibility and uh, they got to find this elder. Like it, it was a lot more exciting to me. And we saw Vegeta kick ass. <laughs> oh, yeah. And speaking of Vegeta, I noticed maybe halfway through this volume, I'm thinking Vegeta already looks significantly different from when he was first you know introduced into the series where he was a little bit more rounder his hair wasn't as i mean it, it points straight up but i feel like when his introduction you know was first drawn by toriyama his hair was a bit different somehow and he was a lot more stumpy i mean vegeta's still short but it's only been a couple volumes and toriyama's already got that severely angular look going on you know, quite actually, quickly yeah i would i would totally agree with that i actually noticed that this volume too that the the art style especially just sort of seemed a lot more comfortable with him because mm -hmm. uh yeah it, he just he looks a lot more badass in this volume i would agree the saiyajin arc is very much still coming off of the 23rd tenkaichi budokai which was a dramatic shift in and of itself mostly due to the age of the characters but it still felt like the art style was still slightly evolving from the earlier parts and I think the Frieza saga really has its own style to it. And a lot of it has to do with Toriyama's art style evolving, yes. And I think it did take a dramatic shift. Do you think the background has anything to do with it? Namek is so different looking from the other places. Does that really bring out these differences? Not really. In no? fact, sometimes I feel like it's kind of similar. Oh, okay. Just a lot of openness. Mm -hmm. That's a good call, actually, because I'm actually just flipping through it right now. And, uh, yeah, I'm not really seeing much of a difference in, like, backgrounds and such. But, I mean, yeah, it's a, it's a much rockier atmosphere. So, you know, the, the open space really helps for a lot of battles. And, uh, you know, they, they show a lot of, like, uh, uh, torn apart buildings, you know, because they're, they're going through and just really just decimating the entire Namekian planet. So, if anything, it, it really kind of just lends itself to, I think, a little bit of foreshadowing, you know? Like, you know, there's going to be this huge battle coming up because you see all this devastation and it's got to end somewhere. Right. I mean, this planet is, like, almost dead, you know? I mean, it's, uh, just really interesting to see that, like, as they're going from village to village, you know, they're, they're just taking the whole place down. It can't get any worse than Jeff, this. Jeff, I love hearing you say these things. What? And I can't wait to get further into the saga and see your reaction on stuff. Oh, God, are you kidding? <laughs> let's go character by character. <laughs> Vegeta was already brought up. So let's talk about him a little bit. What I think I'm going to say later, which is actually earlier in the episode, <laughs> Uh, there's a specific chapter where this is the chapter where Vegeta gets his ass handed to him, which is so different from the entire rest of the volume leading up to there. So, Jeff, tell me a little bit about how you're seeing Vegeta evolve as a character, because we're getting some one-on-one, -on -one, like, internal monologue time with him and interactions with others. Yeah, so, we're finally starting to get to know him yeah, because exactly. of those internal That's monologues. That's a great way to describe it. So, Jeff, how do you know Vegeta? I know him to be uh, flawed, which is great. <laughs> Really, Vegeta is a flawed character. I never would have guessed. Well, all right, yeah, fine. Well, no, I mean it makes a lot of sense here because uh, he he kicked ass in the first part of this manga. He really did. Yeah. He was going up against uh, Dodoria. Yes, that's and correct. just whipped him completely. Whipped him. And it was really fun to watch. And then he's up against Bardock now. And, and Zarbon? Sorry. Zarbon. He's up against Zarbon now. It's just like, uh, you know, it, it seemed like he was going to have the upper hand on this one because, you know, it's another henchman. Right, because we've come off of Kiwi earlier. Mm -hmm. I think that was last volume, right? right. Yeah. Right. And now we've got Dodoria. And it just seems like, okay, now we're on the third one. But it's very different. Yeah. And so, I mean, the, the fact of the matter is, like, this guy who... 
you thought was almost indestructible and finally, you know, was able to, to give up, I guess you could say, at the end of uh, when he was fighting with uh, Goku. And now he's up against uh, one of the henchmen and now the henchman's whipping his ass. Like, I didn't think Frieza was all that powerful before. And now I'm starting to really feel like, holy crap. This I is really like the stuff in there where Zarbon's like, if you can't even take me down, you don't stand a chance against Frieza. And that's where we also get the first hint. Oh, by the way, Frieza told me he can transform too. So uh. I never realized this before, but it implies that Zarbon's never even seen his transformation before. And I thought yeah. that was interesting. That is really interesting. And the whole Zarbon thing about, oh, I haven't had to do this in a long time. Mm-hmm. And then even him and Frieza have a little conversation about it. And I think Frieza was saying, oh, you didn't want to get yourself wet by going in the water after. <laughs> so we're, we're getting a little side of Zarbon here as well. But about Fujita, things I want to, uh, Mary and Jeff get from you on. One specific thing that I loved about this is he's come to Namek and he's like, okay, I don't need to use the scouters. I can sense key now. He's but- very crafty all of a sudden. Yeah, you get to see him yeah. using his brains. However, we do get one of those moments where he's like, oh, I guess I haven't mastered this well enough. And it kind of throws him for a loop for a little bit anyways. But we can see him actually kind of getting the hang of using that and using his brain, which isn't something that he'll do a lot over the rest of the course of the <laughs> well, he's not he's not one of the dumbest characters. He's not no, dumb. No, he makes no. some rash decisions. And I think this is a case of him not quite getting to that point yet. He's doing a couple of smart things. With Vegeta, I think we're also getting a nice glimpse into some of these tricks that he's learned due to the nature of their race like oh by the way if you beat me up to the brink of death i come back super strong and you get to see him you know really wail on people as a result of that right yeah it's pretty cool well that's kind of interesting because you know that also sort of gave a little again foreshadowing did anyone notice the first mention of super saiyan oh yeah yeah uh actually this is the second mention ever in the series i bring you back to the first appearance of vegeta and nappa and nappa's talking about going to Earth and mating with all the women and raising someone says something about raising a whole group of Super Saiyajin and Vegeta's like that would be dumb because then they'd be all stronger than us and kill us. That was actually the first ever use of that Well that term. was kind of an aside. However, except yes. when Freeze was talking yes. about it. He's talking yeah. about something specific. Right. Nappa was just throwing it out like oh we're going to have a bunch of Super I Saiyans. Yeah. I just wanted to toss that out there but that's a great point that this is the first time where we get that where it seems like it might be uh, something. something. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Yes. I forgot yeah. about the Napa thing. <laughs> I, it just, it was just BSing. Like, I oh, didn't take, absolutely. Like, that, I, when I he totally says agree. that it doesn't mean anything, at least to me anyway, I don't right. think he was referring to, like, oh my god, this incredible state of being. I just wanted to put that out there. Okay. Jeff, yeah, you're okay. absolutely correct. I don't mean to belittle what your point is. No, it's fine. That's okay. It's <laughs> true. that out there. Let's take it over to Summer Freeze's people. Um, how about Dodoria? There's not a whole lot to him, I don't think. He's big and dumb and spiky. All right. Jeff, what do you think about him? <laughs> He always has to be the dumb one of the trio, huh? <laughs> There's got to be one. There's got to be one. He, uh, well, you know, he's got some interesting attacks in, in the volume, I think. But, yeah, no, he deserved to die. He's very brutal. He had no problem just impaling that one guy. And, well, I guess we can talk about a difference here. Mary, we actually did an inconsistencies video about this. Oh, yeah, we did. Jeff, I don't know if you remember that video, but there is a very drastic difference in this volume of the manga. And that is when Dende and his brother uh, are told to run away and the elder of that village uh, is going to fight back or do something. In the manga, 
Frieza lifts up his hand and kills the other kid, who is Cargo, Dende's brother. In the TV version, Frieza does not do that. It is changed to Dodoria, who uses a mouth blast to do the exact same thing. And we've actually done a whole episode, and we have a video showcasing the two differences, but it is one of the first, like, really, really, at least I feel, it's a very simple thing, a very quick event, but I think it changes a lot about it. It's a pointless change. Like, are they trying to not, I mean, in the anime anyway, are they trying to not showcase how brutal Frieza is yet? I don't know. We, we did a whole episode about it. I don't remember what we said, so I'm just speculating <laughs> so again. So, Mary, I'll refer you to that video Okay. That episode, Thank you. As well as all the listeners. Please visit us on YouTube and watch that clip. <laughs> just pointing it out there. Pointing it out there. Putting it out there. Pointing it out to you. Whatever. So, I think we're done with Dodori. There's not a whole lot to say about him. He gets killed. Although, he does spill the beans on another thing. We're getting lots of revelations here, and that is the true destruction of Planet Vegeta and the entire Saiyajin race. Yeah, that was a That's big, a little redundant. Big Saiyajin plot race, point. The entire Saiyajin. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Nice catch. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, yes, very, very big revelation here, and that is the entire planet was destroyed by none other than Frieza himself. Although, I gotta give credit to Vegeta. I loved his response to that. That is a really good response. It was incredibly badass. Yeah. Oh, it totally was. He's like, I don't, whatever, I don't care. I don't even care my parents were on there. Bad. And that was followed up by, I'm just really pissed that I was used for this long. I can totally see him saying that. That makes a lot of sense. There's it's been- a whole different side to Vegeta because when you know they're on Earth and everything, you assume that these are the baddest dudes and they don't take orders from anyone. Uh, no, no, they do take orders from people. I will remind you that Goku's the baddest dude in the galaxy. <laughs> Baddest student in the galaxy. What is that from? Solid. Uh, Dub season one. Oh, it is. No. Okay. <laughs> what? <laughs> don't ask. Oh, God. You know, I do remember Dub season one, and yet I don't remember Baddest Dude in the Galaxy. It was when Goku told Kididin and Gohan to go leave, and he was going to fight by his own, and Gohan was like, oh, is daddy going to be okay? And he's like, don't worry, Goku's the baddest dude in the galaxy, and then they fly off. Wow. Way to date Anyways. yourself. Anyways. <laughs> <laughs> so, you're like, oh, they're the totally badass most dudes, whatever, and so, Jeff, how do you feel about this revelation? Do you feel this is kind of tying things together, bringing everything full circle, or is it just kind of putting it out there, Toriyama writing as he goes along, gonna eventually get somewhere? How do you see this? You know, it's interesting. I actually thought kind of half and half on it, you know, okay. because uh, I was thinking, yeah, it's a pretty major point that, you know, the Vegeta's home world, it, it, well, first of all, his home world is called Vegeta, like that was sort of <laughs> uh, but that, I mean, that wasn't the first time we heard that, I don't think. Right. But, um, yeah, I, I think it kind of was, I don't know, it didn't hit me as hard because of Vegeta's awesome response to it. Like, just the news, the news wasn't enough, but how he handled it was really what made it for me, you know? Okay. So I think it was all about that more so than, than the news about the planet Vegeta, you know? So. Right. Um, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm sure there's probably going to be a tie into that later. I know you're alluding to it. So <laughs> I'm sure we'll probably. Oh, talk there's about lots it in the of stuff. There's yeah. lots of stuff to talk about and go over. And I'm psyched to see how you feel about some of these story elements as mm-hmm. it goes on. Yeah, for right now, I just think it's a small mention. I'm sure it'll play a much bigger part later, but uh, yeah, I mean, it, it sucks. I mean, because that <laughs> was sucks. Goku's family too, wasn't it? Supposedly, maybe. Right, supposedly. We don't really know. Right. Yeah. I so. mean, I know everything. I yeah. have all the knowledge, Jeff. Way to gloat there, And you buddy. have none. No. Well, hey, yeah, I have... He has I, half knowledge. Yes, thank you. I was going to say I just You have do have half, half knowledge. Right. That's, thank that's you. That's fair. Give me credit. There you go. Where do you want to go? Are there any other characters that you want to talk about? We haven't talked about Frieza himself that much. Okay. 
What is there to say about it? He's still doing a lot of hanging out in his chair. Yeah, but he did a little more this volume. Not much, but he commands people and they stop when he tells them to. Yes, there's a lot of screaming and then stopping on the dime. Uh, Dodoria being forced to go after the others uh, and telling who, where to go, where, and... One thing that I really liked about Frieza in this volume, it's a little thing, it's when Zarbon and who we later find out is a pool take off, uh, Frieza is left behind with five Dragon Balls, and he's going to take them back to the ship. And what he does is he just kind of turns and looks at them and telepathically raises them along with him as he flies off. Telekinesis? Yes, thank you. I say telepathically? Yes. He uses telekinesis. To telepathically talk to the Dragon Balls and tell them to follow him. Anyways, what I'm getting at is it's a very minor thing, but I think it's another little showcase that he's much more than all of these other characters. Well, Chaozu uses telekinesis, so is Chaozu as strong as Frieza? And look what happened to him. (laughs) (laughs) You know, let's turn it away from Frieza then. Let's talk about Chaozu and the others, because we have some guest cameos here. They've shown up on Kaiosama's planet. This is a pretty interesting... Interesting little plot point that everyone's shown up And there. they gave Chazu back his body. They did. They're like, oh yeah, we could give it back to him. It was great. There's some great dialogue that goes back and, and forth. And some funny there. humor, too. It's like the humor. only humor, well, some of the rare moments of humor in this volume yes. come from like the very end, where I think it's the narrator box yes, says yes. something like, and Piccolo and Tin Shin Han, it, it was kind of alluding to, they're having a hard time with the jokes or something yes, like that. exactly, because <laughs> to receive the training, they would have to make Kayo laugh. What I really liked in here was Kayo demanding that Goku not get involved. And there's that typical Goku response of, well, I don't want to go all the way there and not even see him. And that gets him yelling at Goku. And the great retort with Piccolo in there, where Piccolo's like, let me talk to him. Ignore everything you just heard. You get there. You wish us back to life. And we'll take care of it together. No problem. And Kayo gets a little irritated at this. And then there's that great bit where he's like, promise you won't. Pickle's like, I promise. And I think the Viz translation, I don't know how accurate it is, but you look like you have an honest face and you have bad eyesight. (laughs) It it, it gets the point across of what's going in there really well. I'm not quite sure if that's an accurate translation. That was like 100% right there. It's accurate to the mood and the intended delivery there. So these characters on Kaio's planet, Jeff, how do you feel about this? Where these four, he even says they got there a lot faster. I find that hard to believe. I do too. I mean, I know... Toriyama has to make it seem like they're still relevant and at least, you know, a bit behind Goku, but there's no way they could have caught up that fast to the point that they would have gotten there faster than Goku. I, I can totally see it, because when Goku went there, it was after Raditz arrived, and they've gone through training, a lot of training since then. They were up at Kami's Palace, training with Mr. Popo. They went through the entire fight with Nappa and Vegeta. I can see them getting there faster than Goku. I don't know if significantly faster, but I, I can see Toriyama, Toriyama writing that, and it making sense but you have a problem with that that they got there it just seems really hard to swallow it seems like Toriyama is just saying that to be like oh well don't forget about these guys and and by the way they don't suck as much as you know they should is this going to be a recurring trend with him or is even going to forget to do that he's going to drop them like a bad habit (laughs) 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 I mean they're they're all just going to get so outclassed by Goku yeah Mm. all right Jeff I'll turn it back over to you where do you want to go from here uh, you know, I actually have like a lot of things that I want to talk about with Please, this manga. Take it away. I mean, just like I was saying earlier, the fact that it really just tied in everything that we had from the previous one, uh, just as like a general overview, they would kind of feel like after reading this one that it kind of makes up for the rushed 
feeling of the of the previous volume like the fact that you know everything in this volume i thought was brilliantly written like the whole idea that you know vegeta's there and you know we'll steal a ball and hide it because the scouters blew up and the whole fact that they blew up the scouters to you know have them not be able to 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 prolong the story i kind of felt like that was just brilliant ways to just make the story last longer the toriyama's making up for what he did in the last volume i feel like he's putting a lot of thought into some of these elements okay i kind of feel like he had this written down like he like this part he had solid and didn't know how to get there and so so he just sort of rushed the previous chapters just to get to this point because he already had this planned okay you know that's that's kind of how i feel about it because the, the last one it just seems so random we talked about how the logic didn't make sense you know like why they just suddenly go to namek you know it's like it didn't really make too much you know logistics uh logistical sense and so finally we're there and all this stuff is making a ton of sense when we're there so i just kind of feel like we just had to know, get there yeah we had to get there okay. that's basically what it was so I don't know. I kind of felt like that was, you know, that was the the point of the previous volume, which is just to get over there. Once we're there, it'll make a lot more sense. All and right. Does that make sense to anybody else? I I kind of agree. I was feeling the last volume was strangely paced. Uh, we always like to talk about pacing. Did it make more sense in this volume? Or oh yeah. Was it too fast? Too slow? The last one seemed a little too fast. And I thought erratic. the last one seemed too slow. Okay. I was bored with the last volume. Well, does bored necessarily mean slow? Maybe because they were constantly flying around trying to lower their keys and not be sensed. Uh-huh. And I'd... Yeah, that's true. We still had some of that here, though. True. So what was different about it Dende, here? <laughs> they had a kid Dende. with them. Yeah, <laughs> right. <laughs> well, like I said, they had a responsibility. They had more right. of a purpose. Uh-huh. You know, in the last one, they didn't really have that. And they had some real dangers in this one. They had to be very strategic about hiding their, their key. So I think it made just a lot more sense here than it did in the previous. All right. You know? And I think another difference is the fact that this time they know Vegeta's on the planet, whereas last okay. time they were just like, oh, there's some strong people. See, and that made it so confusing in the last one, too, because, like, you know, there were some people who knew that there were other people there, and, you know, there were just all these interactions Giant going game on. of Actually, right now, yeah. the only one who doesn't know the other is Vegeta doesn't know... The Earthlings are there. Which Earthlings are there. He right. knows someone else is there. He's finally concluded, yes, all right, Dodoria wasn't lying about that. Everyone else knows everyone else is there, so there's just that one little missing piece, so... Mm-hmm. Okay, I, I can see that making a big difference. Whereas the last volume, we knew everyone was there, but seeing everyone else's confusion made it a, a little weird. Yeah. Okay. What other stuff, Jeff? Um, I wanted to mention uh, some of the things that I didn't like about this volume. Okay, please. So, I mean, I really, really like this one, but there were some things that, um, I mean, story-wise, I think it was just was fantastic. I thought it was really well executed. The, well... I say well executed in terms of the story. I think there were some problems I was having with, uh, in fact, the artwork in this one. And um, the part that I'm referencing specifically is actually when the when uh, Zarbon and Vegeta are fighting. Uh-huh. Zarbon does his finishing move, or so-called finishing move on Vegeta, into a huge crater in the earth. And then all of a sudden, Vegeta's in water. Did anyone uh-huh. else catch that? Can I see it? Yeah. Here, take a look at this. Because I thought he does blast him into a leak. He blasts him into the ground. There's a huge crater. Mm-hmm. And then in the next scene, there's water there. Oh, it must have went so deep that the hole filled with water. Yeah, I can see it filling in from elsewhere or going so deep that it brought up water. It it is a little strange and a little convenient, and probably just to have Vegeta climb out of water. Yeah, but I mean, like, it just, I don't know, it just seemed sort of... I don't know. Odd. You're so, allowed to pick up on that. That's good. Yeah. And, I mean, and, and the other thing I wanted to mention was not the fault of, of Toriyama at all. It's actually the fault of Viz. I can't tell you how many gra- grammatical errors I found in this volume. Really? <laughs> there were, oh my God, it's it's like they were missing. I actually did notice a couple, but I can't remember them off the top of my head. They were like missing apostrophes and stuff. And there was yeah, uh, yeah. some b- just 
bad grammar in this one. It was like, you know, it was, it was distracting, actually. I don't usually get distracted by that. I can usually pass I can't over, remember but. if it was a wrong your, but there was one of those that was the the incorrect word yeah, that I did notice in here. That stuff I can pass over pretty quickly. But Really? That's just, the stuff that drives me up the wall? <laughs> I, I'm usually pretty ignorant to that because I see it all the time, but like... There was just some other stuff in here. I was like, wow, they really did not have time to go through this one, did they? I mean, if we're in the, in the sequencing of the and release. And that's funny because this, this is, at this point, the one that you're looking at is probably like the third release of this between the monthlies and the larger version and then the Shonen Jump printing. Yeah. So, I mean, it doesn't make a big difference to the, no. the story itself, but you know, when you're trying to read through it, that does kind of pull you out for a minute. I was like, whoa, what's going on here? Yeah. I can see that. So yeah, I mean, those are really the two major things that I saw as, as issues here. Um, but really, I mean, this was just a solid volume all around. Uh, I actually want to touch on, uh, Zarbon actually, cause, okay. uh, the fight with him and Vegeta was awesome. All right. What did you all. like about that? I, there, I think my notes on that chapter, I have to go back and look. I think that was one of the shorter notes, uh, because it was mostly just action and hitting back and forth and really nice spreads of artwork. Ah, yes. But do remember Zarbon changes. He does. And he turns into one of those other lizard guys. <laughs> and uh, trust me when I say this, I didn't expect that at all. You you weren't expecting that. Okay. No, I, this is kind of like the first appearance where he goes, well, I'm going to change into my true form. Well, I mean, no. Okay, hold on. Wait, wait, wait. All right, fine. I'll take that back. No, we've heard that before where they say this isn't my true form yet. Uh-huh. But I think when they said that before, it was like, you know, different parts of strength. Uh, yeah, you know? we've seen powering up and no, okay, I'm going to show you my true power now. But this is one of the first really significant physical transformations. Yes, exactly. Okay. And he turns out to be just as big and ugly as everybody else. <laughs> right, right. So it still shows that there's there's tricks up Toriyama's sleeve, you know? Like, it's just, uh, it's cool to see that. For now. Yeah, right, right, exactly. Well, I mean, it's it's really interesting to see uh, him change into this big, hulky, meatloaf-looking guy, you know? And that's something that gets played out a lot in the movies is, oh, villain comes, heroes win for a while, oh, villain transforms, and heroes have trouble for a while. So right now it is still kind of fresh to see people physically transform like that. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I know I'm going to see that a lot later, but for right, right now it's really interesting. Okay. I know it's not going to be the last time. <laughs> but, right. Uh, yeah, so I thought that was interesting. Also, uh, another thing I want to mention is Frieza's not in his goddamn chair. Oh, yeah, he gets up for a little while. And that was uh, interesting because he's got short, stubby little legs. He is short and stubby. <laughs> I think he's kind of cute. Yeah, just a little it bit. It was that like, creepy panel where he smiles with his eyes closed. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Grin. Grin. Oh, oh uh, you promise not to kill the children, and then there's no actual verbal response. It's just a creepy grin. I love that. I'm thinking about doing something with that. Maybe that'll be a new avatar. I don't know. I wanted to do that for a while. He's actually got two creepy grins in this volume. I forget what the other one is. Something I have to mention also. Okay. They, remember we were talking about the guys who have the halos, you know, the Yamcha yes. and everybody yes. there. First of all, I just want to mention Yamcha, right? He's really missing out on a lot of the story right now. I sure hope they fill him in. <laughs> yes, exactly. Anyone else feeling that? Like, the poor guy's been out of here for a couple volumes now. He really has, like, no clue what's going on at this point <laughs> in the story. He was the first one down, wasn't he? Yeah, for Pretty much. <laughs> so he's been out of it for a while. But, um, Maybe they had something to talk about on Sneak well, Road. We, had, we actually had a couple of these. Uh, we also cut back to Kudden filling in Dende on the whole, all right, we had this guy, Piccolo and Kami. And we cut back to like the end of that conversation, where it's just one of those, meanwhile, back on the ranch moments, and then they're ending that conversation. So we do have a lot of uh, backstories being filled in. And it's nice in the manga, because they don't have to fill up an entire episode showing you those flashbacks. Backs, well, in the anime, 
Okay, though, that's a different story. Exactly. And that's something that's going to plague the Frieza saga for a while. Mm, but fun. In the manga, it's working out pretty good so far. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and also, uh, just going back to the uh, seeing the guys again, anyone noticed Kamisama wasn't there? Yeah, they did mention that they said something like he decided to stay behind. Great. Or whatever. Thanks. Stay behind more often. <laughs> no more backstory on we your putrid are, existence. Last time we were talking about this, I think it was a manga episode. I can't remember if it was Herms. I think it was. We mentioned, I'm not quite sure why you guys hate Kamisama so much. And we went back very briefly on it. We're going to do an episode. Uh, Mary, you'll know when will be a good time to do it because you know the rest of the story. But there will be a point in the series where I'm going to decide, okay, now that we've gotten this far, we're going to do a retrospective episode on Kamisama and decide why we do or do not like him as a character. So we'll get to that at some point. Uh, I have to be there for that one, don't I? (laughs) Jeff, you're happy that he's not hanging out. I'm so glad he's not there right now. Okay. I'm so siding with Mary. Every time every time that you express your hatred for him, just like, yeah, I'm right there with you. <laughs> it's one of those things where I didn't really know I didn't like him until actually reading it through this time. He's like, hmm, he's kind of an ass. He's kind of a chicken. <laughs> yeah, <exactly. laughs> kind of a shitty god. <laughs> yeah. He kind of wants to retire every two seconds. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We've talked a lot about characters. We've talked about the art style, some of the pacing bits, uh, some craftiness going on. Is there anything else in particular you'd like to hit? We have had hints of what's to come in the future. Jeff, you mentioned that one little hint about the Super Saiyajin. And we also have uh, Frieza asking that a pool contact... Ginyu Toksentai and Zarbon being like, uh, uh, um, do, do you really want to do that? And Frieza being basically like, you would be better off just going to do what I tell you to do. I love that. And him kind of being like, okay. So Jeff, how yes. do you feel about this? All right. I kind of feel like you know uh, what they look like and what they do. Yeah. Kind of. Sorta. Um, I, I, I don't know. This is going to be very interesting. Don't they have some silly dance too? <laughs> All right. We'll see. All right. Cause I mean, sorry to spoil it here, but yeah, I did see, you know, Project Doom Rider. So I kind of have an idea. Right. You do have lots of memories. <laughs> I do have some <laughs> memories of that. So I know what they're there for. So I'm, I'm, I'm afraid the surprise comedy is not going to hit me, but, um, I don't know. It might. Really? Yeah. Okay, because I guess I haven't seen the full context of it. Yeah, you don't know the entire context of everything. Yeah, this is true. So, I don't know. Uh, just the mention of it, I'm like, oh, hmm, okay. Well, I, I, it's very familiar, so I'm not getting that you know new character shock like right. through the previous volume. So, I'm sure there's going to be some very interesting moments with that. There are actually there. a couple characters I do want to mention we totally forgot about, and that's Saichoro-sama, and there's also Nail that was kind of hanging out there. Mm. So, we've learned that whatever disaster took place on Namek, we had this one single Namekian that spit out it least a hundred plus eggs to repopulate the planet and he's this kind of old guy he's kind of acting as they kind of see him as their kamisama but not quite like he's not really a god he's kind of their more most elderly figure right and we've only seen him for what like a panel and a half something like that yeah something like that was really short (laughs) so you don't really know anything about him Although you did get a couple more panels of Nail, um, them showing up there. So we do have some more named characters. Mm-hmm. How do you feel about that? Um, well, we haven't seen what their, what their, uh, potential is or, or what their, what their purpose is. You know what I mean? Right. Uh, we know that they're, well, let's put it this way. The introduction to, uh, what's his name? Saichoro? Saichoro. Saichoro. So his introduction was really smooth, you know, because they said, 
Well, um, didn't the characters ask at one point, what is he doing here? Why is, why haven't you guys left? You know? Right. And they, Nail just said, you know, it's a time for death. It's a time for death. So what? Right. Well, so we're he's prepared. just kind of hanging out and we'll deal with it. These, you gotta remember, these creatures are so incredibly intelligent that, like, any other response just wouldn't seem right, you know? Right. So, I mean, that, that right there just sets a whole precedent for what these characters are gonna do. They're just gonna be that, that brilliant the entire way through, but, you know, we haven't seen them do anything. They're, so. they're kind of blunt at the same time. Like, they don't yeah. really hide anything from anyone. They don't seem to have much emotion. Even, all right, th- that's a fair point to make. You don't yeah. think that they have much emotion. Well, I mean, you write the, the freaking Dende's brother dies. He's not exactly. That's true. No one really ever mentions that ever again. <laughs> and well, I kind of have to point out though that even Bulma said there's no female sex, or, or apparently they don't know what that even is, and these are obviously asexual, asexual creatures. creatures, right? So you know, because you think of that's all hurting that, some- I, I don't know because we did see like when the the cavalry came in, the three they were pretty pissed off. Yeah. So there was some anger there, but other than just kind of basically caring for each other you're not seeing a whole lot of empathy mm-hmm. okay yeah yeah pretty much so that's exactly it i never really thought about it and i'd have to kind of go back and look at it and the way i know where the series goes maybe give that another look that's an interesting point to make mm-hmm. all right a lot of stuff that we talked about jeff the last volume if i remember correctly you said you weren't really sure where this was, was gonna go i think a lot of that had to do with well the volume wasn't entirely coherent and we weren't really in love with it but now that you're kind of enjoying it again and you're seeing the way that Toriyama is going you do have those this is where I was going you do have hints about what is to come Mm -hmm. how do you feel about where it's going and what do you see happening in the next volume alright well I'm much more confident while you talk I'm going to get the next volume so I can see what happens that's a good idea I'm much more confident in the next volume because uh, the last one I really had no idea where it was going to go and because of how I can't say upset but just because of how I guess disappointed I was in that volume it just didn't really seem like I was going to enjoy this at all but Two important things happened that made me really like it so far. And that is the scouters got destroyed, first of all. Right. They stopped talking about power levels. That made me very happy. And the second thing is the characters, they got something to do. You know, they they had a purpose. They had something to... to... Right. Everyone had a role to play. Exactly. And you forgot the third thing that made the volume awesome. What's that? Goku barely showed up. (laughs) Oh, no. That's a huge thing for me. Sorry. No, that's great. (laughs) I like, you know, lack of Goku for a little bit. No, no, but it leads to to the fourth point, and that is... Uh, he even admits that he was being a dick and not letting Krillin, Krillin, oh my god, I said it, I said it, Mike, I'm sorry. It's fine. Kudadin, not letting Kudadin kill Vegeta. Uh-huh. He admits it. Right, that was a mistake, maybe I shouldn't have done that. Oh my god, that, that made up for it, because you know how much of a stink I was giving it last time. Right. So, what do I think is going to happen in the, in the next volume? Well, uh, the special, uh, Ginyu Force? Uh-huh. Oh, I, I think I see an appearance coming. Okay. Um, super, super Saiyajin. I don't think that's gonna happen yet. We have Vegeta being dragged back to Frieza's, basically incapacitated. We have Goku on his way, got a couple more days to go. We've got Kudurin that's shown up at Saichoro's, and Gohan's just kinda hanging out with Bulma for a while. Yeah, so I think, uh, Goku's gonna arrive. I'm not really sure where it's gonna go from there. I, you know, it's kinda hard to say, but you know what? I did have, uh, a premonition that Vegeta and Goku are going to have to team up on this one. Okay. Remember, they were dropping hints the whole time saying that Frieza is scared of multiple... Uh, right. Saiyajin. Saiyajin. There we go. Right. Multiple he, Saiyajin. He's not afraid up. of anyone in particular, although we don't really know because he has said 
something. He's very vague about how he says it. He's definitely said that he doesn't like the idea of multiple being together. But at the same time, he has seen examples, like Vegeta, of singular ones growing in strength. Mm-hmm. So he doesn't seem to like either scenario. Yeah, well, it makes sense, but I think it's going to happen to him at some point. Maybe not next volume, but... Uh, certainly at some point in the series. I think it's a really interesting angle that makes Frieza a bit more interesting. Otherwise, he'd be not interesting to me at all. Right, right. I, I think that's... It's nice knowing he fears something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, Jeff, you think Goku's going to show up? You think Ginyu Tokusentai is going to show up? You think Goku and Vegeta are going to have to team up? What else? Anything? Well, there's got to be some fighting, I'm sure. Okay. But... It's just so cloudy as to how it can go from here because, you know, again, there's there's a lot of storylines going on. Right. And just the fact that, that uh, Kuridin and, and Gohan were able to get Dende over to, uh, or no, no, not even Gohan, but just Kuridin gets right. to uh, Saitaro with uh, Dende. I don't know if that could really go anywhere. I'm not really sure what their role is, you know, again, okay. because they just had such a short part in it. I mean, they got to have some kind of role. You don't role. know what's going on there. So I'm going to figure that they're, they're going to explain what they're doing, you know, but I don't know if it's going to be like, if it's going to take up the whole volume or if that leads to any violence at all you know right but there's got to be a fight somewhere and uh vegeta's got to heal <laughs> the poor True. guy yes right <laughs> so um is he held captive at this point uh well, zarbon's dragging him back right now that's yeah. that's where he's left yeah so it's like uh um it's going to be interesting uh, interesting to see how goku plays a part in here because he also did so much training on his travels right that you know it's going to be interest, interesting to see how he uses his strength Okay. When he gets there. So I'm, I'm again, not promising violence, <laughs> but I'm, well, you're hoping for it. I'm really hoping for it. I okay. really want to see what he can do. Well, I'm going to leave it there unless anyone has any other final things they would like to add to the discussion here. Maybe you're grinning looking at the next one. <laughs> the art's getting really good and cool stuff is happening. I forgot about this stuff and I can't wait to really read volume seven. All right. Or whatever number this actually is, 23. Right. Good deal. Jeff, thank you. No problem. All right, so that's uh, going to wrap up the topic for this week. Jeff, you'll be here next month to do the next volume of the manga. You got it. And uh, that's that. With that done, we're going to turn it over to some releases. At this time in the month, there is really only one more thing coming out. Uh, everything was earlier in the month. So the last thing for December is on Christmas. December 25th is the CD single for the Dragon Ball Z Infinite World theme song. It's the opening and the ending. This is LACM 455. Five from King Records. Hironobu Kageyama, uh, possibly an English version, we think, of the opening. It's 1165 over on CD Japan. Let's see if we have a track listing yet. Last time I checked, we didn't have any cover art or a track listing. Uh, we, oh, we do. We have a track listing here. We have four that I can see, and that's uh, the opening, the ending, uh, what appears to be... I'm thinking this is going to be an English version. It's written in uh, our alphabet as, we gonna take you there. It doesn't say much else other than that let's playing tv <laughs> and then an instrumental it says of the opening theme so i don't know what we gonna take you there is but i'm looking forward to that no cover art yet though so as far as we can tell only four tracks but maybe that'll change uh, as the month goes on so there that's releases for the month with that done let's do some emails that was really quick 
Jeff, we have an email here from CJ. And CJ writes, Hello, Daisenshu, EX podcasting crew. I recently bought the English-translated Daisenshu from Amazon and was just wondering if there were any plans for future releases. I have heard different things about this and was hoping you could clear this up for me. Mary, is there any information? If there was, you would have heard it on this show. That's right. We know as much as you do right now. This has released the first one, Complete Illustrations. It doesn't have a number on the side, so that may mean something. It may not mean anything. It may have just been a test run. It was an easy one to put out because it's mostly pictures. Will they go any further? I don't know. Everyone out there should buy it, and hopefully we can get some more releases on it, even if it does have weird visisms in it. I think it would be a great thing to have come out over here. I mean, even if they want to jump ahead to some of the more recent guys, we have Son Goku Densetsu, and we have uh, Landmark and Forever and uh, Tenkaichi Densetsu. So there's lots of stuff and lots of places they could go. As far as we know right now, there are no plans. It doesn't mean there are no plans, but we don't know anything about them. So uh, you'll hear about it from us as soon as there is anything to tell you. So Jeff, why don't you take the uh, second email here from Chris. Chris writes, Hi guys, I've been a long time listening, but this is the first time I bothered to write to you. I was just going to say thanks for such an informative view on Dragon Ball and its fandom. I've been a longtime fan of the series since the 90s, where I used to pop into alt.fan.dragonball in my early days. I don't think much about it anymore, but hearing the Jump Super Anime Tour special made the guys made of the guys that came out last month, I'll have to get around to viewing it. Thanks again for the several years of listening enjoyment, uh, and congrats on the marriage, Mike and Mary. P.S. Yes, I'm too old to remember Romper Room. When did we mention Romper Room? It was in the Jump Anime special. They subtitled a line as like, this isn't Romper Room. Romper Room is over, kids. Or something like that. It was very, very strange. It's a reference to a Japanese version that was aired in the 60s and 70s in Japan, and one that Akira Toriyama may have watched in his youth. A reference to the program was made in Dr. Slump, I noticed, and Arale's teacher in particular, Midori Yamabuki's name, was based on the name given to the hostess of the original program. The program itself originated in the U.S. as it was once a familiar relic of local TV franchising in the same vein as Bozo the Clown. The more information about this can always be found online as usual, so I don't have to say more than this. Did you know my name was once mentioned on Romper Room? What? At the end of Romper Room, Miss Molly would bring out her magic mirror and say people's birthdays. So my parents sent in a postcard to say, please say our daughter's name on an episode. No so shit. my mom had to like, watch this episode. Like, I see Meredith in my mirror. And I was like, oh boy, Miss Molly saw me in her mirror. And you have it on tape. Mary. Meredith is having a special day today. Mary, Romper Room is over. No! In a variety of ways. <laughs> Uh, I just want to say uh, absolutely wonderful shout out to the old Usenet days because that's where I was before we semi-killed it by making our own message board and taking those people <laughs> over to our message board. Way to go, Mike. <laughs> Sorry. I take credit for it. I don't know how true it is, but you know, because Rachel came and Steve came and I came and that was basically the majority of posters who were still there whenever I started up. The so you had like seven people? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think it still exists. I don't know. I have to go back and look at it. Oh, Julian, obviously, and whatever. Uh, so, yeah, that's the email stuff for the month. Jeff, if people have questions, comments, concerns, hopes, dreams, aspirations, or nothing at all. In the David Carradine voice, they can send it to podcast at dizex.com. That's P-O-D-C-A-S-T at D-A-I-Z-E-X.com. 
Jeff, it's a pleasure having you as always. It's a pleasure being here, Mike. I think it's time to wrap up the show though, because we got to go back, Mary and I, and record the first half of the show. And you got to pack. And we got to pack. We're off to. By the time you hear this, we'll have already gone to and come back from Chicago. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, good times. Way Brad's to get things married. out of the way, huh? Yeah, yeah. There you go. Yeah. So, uh, Jeff, we'll see you next month. All right. See you later. But you got stuff to plug. Oh, that's right. Don't Why don't I? you plug it? Oh my God! Yeah, I get to plug something again. Woohoo! Uh, yeah, so I uh, started my uh, music podcast. It's back up. It's a uh, low fidelity, the indie slash well, really anything multi music genre uh, review show and variety show, I guess you could say. With uh, Mike over here is my lovely co-host. Hi. And Vanna White impersonator. You can visit it at lowfidelity.info. That is L-O-F-I-D-E-L-I-T-Y dot I-N-F-O. And you can visit the blog. You can download the podcast. And uh, definitely, cool times. Check it out. That was wonderful. Thank you. You're a pro. Get me work. (laughs) (laughs) I got work for you, Jeff. We'll talk about it later. Awesome. Mary. Yes. It's good to have you. It's good to be had. Let's go back and record the rest of the show. All right. (laughs) Uh, I feel like we've spoken... You know, about so many wonderful things that there's no point in having the rest of the episode. <laughs> like what, no we did, what we did was so solid. We don't even need to do a summary of the manga. We just talked about it. Like the whole thing. There's a lot, there's a whole bunch of news and the whole movie thing. Oh, and... You know, talking about the movie will jinx the episode. <laughs> I know. We're going to try it anyways. Mary, you want to say anything? You want to plug anything? Yes, please go to my website, Temple of Trunks, which I updated once this year. Woo! It's Maybe a I'll, new record. It's a, no, yeah, my worst record. Maybe I'll do one more update before the year ends. Maybe I'll put up some screenshots from the Jump Anime special. We'll see. Anyway, Temple of Trunks, T-E-M-P-L-E-O-T-R-U-N-K-S dot com is where you should be going right now. Nice. Thank you. Yep. See you next week. Uh-huh. Bye. Bye. So, for uh, Jeff over here. Bye. For Mary over there. Ta-ta. And for Julian and myself at com. My name is Mike, Vegito EX, and I'm going to Chicago. DaiZenChuiX podcast. Konshimo kiite kiresate arigato gozaimasu. Jikai mo otanishimi ni. Which animal was that? How did that happen? Where did you just come from? They were gay. The bedroom, as I was shutting the door. Oh. Mm. It was just lay down, that's fine. Okay.